he portrayed Lieutenant Dan, as we all know, in Forrest Gump. I've been working with Tom Hanks. I was in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> you are the hands and feet of God to these people. I'm so excited about this. So guess what I did last night? What'd you do? I went to see another movie. What'd you see? I'm loving the movies. Um, I finally went to see Elvis. It's so good. It's so good, but it's so not satisfying too, in a way. I didn't want to see him die, but I wanted to see him like go in the bathroom at least or something. Like I just and I feel like there's a few more details. I love Boz Lerman. I mm-hmm. like that they inter- they put like modern music with his music. Oh, I loved it. Mason just loved it. And Mason is a huge fan. And Mason was like, I feel like I relate to him on some levels, but it was nice because there's a nice mother son relationship. So yeah. I was able to say to him, would like he wouldn't clean his plate up this morning from his pancake. And I was like, would Elvis is would he have done that for his mom? Would he have cleaned up his plate? I think he would have. <laughs> so did it work? No. But I found out there's a book. No, not at all. I found out there's a book. I think it's called like Gladys and Elvis or something like that about him and oh, his, about mom. his mom. I'm That's... gonna make my son read that. But you, you might know, want to read it first because I think there was that's like, a good idea. <laughs> I think there's some an Oedipus complex, complex or something going on there. Maybe. Um, so our guest today mm-hmm. has a little like I don't know, just pulling off the Elvis theme. First of all, it was Tom Hanks playing the Colonel. So I know. And our um, the Tom guest Hanks today has worked with Tom Hanks a lot, a lot. But um, it's not Tom Hanks. <laughs> our guest is not Tom Hanks, but he's worked with Tom Hanks a lot. But our guest today reminds me of Elvis in the way like the Elvis that you don't know. The Elvis that like is sweet and generous and kind and giving. And that's our guest today is all probably the nicest man like ever. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, here, let me I can't. This intro is so long. I'm not I can't even read it all. But it's like I mean, he is a bona fide A-lister with a heart of gold. Too many projects to list. So um, he was born in Illinois, attended Highland Park High School, where he tried out for the West Side Story, was hooked by acting in 74, he, sounded the, he founded the Steppenwolf Theater Company in Chicago, um, where he worked with names like Sam Shepard and John Malkovich, and they went on to do other things together, too. His Hollywood career actually started in the director's chair with a TV series called Crime Story. He was off and running. And in 1992, he starred and directed the classic of Mice and Men. That was with John mm-hmm. Malkovich, followed by The Stand in 94. On the heels of that, he portrayed Lieutenant Dan, as we all know, in Forrest Gump. Um, which scored him an Oscar nomination. Immediately after that, he joined Tom Hanks in another fan favorite, Apollo 13. And then Truman came immediately after. With four Tony nominations, a long-running hit series you may have heard called CSI New York. Went from 2004 to 2013. But I think he would say his most important work, aside from his marriage and his three daughters, is the work he's done for the U.S. for retired and active military. Um, He has something called the Lieutenant Dan Band. Yes, and they travel the globe. They play for the troops. But he has the Gary Sinise Foundation. And I've done some work with them. I've, I've gone to some of their events. I've helped fundraise with them. Everything from building smart homes for the disabled vets that come home um, to celebrating the children of deceased military at Disney World. I mean, he just runs the gamut of being the nicest, kindest, and, and just has such a heart for the troops in a way that um, I don't think many people that haven't been in military do. Right. So um, I want to bring him in and talk about it. I'm so excited about this. Here's Gary Sinise. Look who's here. Gary Sinise. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. This is happening today. Yeah, you're literally on your way to the airport and stop by. Yeah. And thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I know that you um, you told me over the phone that you don't binge much, but um, we're going to get into some things that you do. But first, we have to talk about your amazing body of work. And like, I just want to know, first of all, out of your like enormous resume. What's your favorite thing you've ever worked on? Favorite? Yeah. 
That that's uh, <laughs> it's like picking oh. a child. It's like picking a favorite child, right? Yeah. How can you do that? How about more? Which is um, the, was the most fun production to be on? I ha- well, uh, there's theater and there's TV and there's film. So there's like favorites in all those and directing cate- and acting categories. and yeah. Uh, I it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard to say. <laughs> okay, how about one in each uh, category? Okay, of Mice and Men is kind of a favorite because. Um, I saw that when I was about 16 years old. Our drama teacher took us, uh, took our class. I grew up outside of Chicago, and our drama teacher took us on a kind of a field trip up to Minneapolis, and we went to the Guthrie Theater, and we saw three plays, and one of them was Of Mice and Men. And I was just getting into I, I had just done my first play in high school, and I was just discovering it. And they took me to see these three plays, and Of Mice and Men particularly just... It just, uh, it was so good, and I always loved it. And then John Malkovich and I, you know, we had our theater company called Steppenwolf in Chicago, and we ended up doing that play together uh, in 1980. And then when we ended up doing The Grapes of Wrath about 10 years later, we uh, met Elaine Steinbeck, who was, she was married to John Steinbeck. She controlled all the rights to all his material, and I got to be very good friends with her and asked her if she'd give me the rights to Mice and Men to make it into a movie. Is that the first time the movie ever been made no, by Mice and Men? No. It had been it, made before. It was made in the 30s, uh, 1939. It was made. Uh, Robert Blake and Randy Quaid did a television version of it. Oh, really? Probably in the 70s or something like that. And then, uh, and and when I asked her if she'd give me the rights to it, she said, well, it's already been a film like three times already. And I just like, we'll do really it wanted to but do it. But it's not mine. <laughs> yeah, I really, I thought I could do a good job with it. I wanted to direct it, and I knew I would ask John to do it with me because we had done it on stage. And so if you had to pin me down on a sort of favorite experience, I produced it and directed it and acted yeah. in it. And so it was a personal favorite probably. And that was early in your career too, right? I mean, like, not with mm. like theater, but you had, you directed your your first job in Hollywood was directing, is that correct? Crime uh, stories, was it? Well, let's see. <laughs> That's what uh, I know. No, I had, a, I had a couple. I, I think I, yeah, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I was directing at Steppenwolf in Chicago. We were moving some of our plays to New York. They did very well, really popular plays. And, and uh, so I started getting a lot of attention from the industry. And do you remember Sam Cohn? Yeah, that sounds so familiar. Sam Cohn, very, he was Mike Nichols' agent. He okay. was Meryl Streep's agent. And he was uh, based in New York. And so when we started taking our plays there, Sam was coming to these plays. And he was, like, really uh, moved by them. And I ended up with Sam Cohn as my agent. So wow. he... Uh, introduced me to Hollywood, uh, basically started introducing me to, you know, Alan Ladd and all these different people that he knew in Hollywood. Oh, wow. And uh, one of them was David Putnam, who produced Chariots, Chariots of Fire, <laughs> and he produced The Killing Fields, and he was hired by Columbia Pictures to run the studio right around this time. Um, and so uh, he introduced me to David. David offered me a... A, a deal, and I went out and I had a uh, first look deal with Columbia Pictures in the mid '80s, and that's how I ended up in Hollywood. Directed a film with Richard Gere, 
and then uh, ended up acting and uh, in a few more things. And I mean, long, you're, you 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 were like nonstop, more. like yeah. nonstop. And um, when had, when did you meet your wife? How did you meet? Your wife? Oh gosh. Uh, so my buddy Jeff Perry, who we went to high school uh, together. Jeff, uh, you might know him from that that uh, TV show Scandal. Oh, yeah. He was like the evil chief of staff or something. <laughs> Jeff and I are like brothers, and we went to high school together. That's when I discovered acting. He went off to Illinois State University. That's where we connected with Malkovich and okay. Terry Kinney and my wife, Moira. So they all went to school together, and he introduced me to Moira. They all became a part of the original nine members of Steppenwolf back in 1976, and when they graduated from college, they came up to Highland Park, Illinois. That's where I'm from, you know. And I grew up there, and I went to high school there and uh, started Steppenwolf there in 1974. So in 76, they came up from Illinois State after they graduated. We all started the theater, and and uh, Moira and I fell in love. And we, are, we just celebrated our... 41st oh, wedding anniversary wow. just last week. Congratulations. I mean, they say that doesn't happen in Hollywood, but it does, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> we go back a long way. We've been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. question. So when you, when was the last time you did theater though? Is it, have, have you been doing it regularly recently or you've just, you've been busy with your foundation? Yeah. I'll tell you, um, the, the last play I did was 20 years ago. Oh really? Yeah. It was on Broadway, uh, we did uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. We did a revival of that, and it won the Tony Award for Best Revival that year. And we had started it in Chicago. We moved it to London, and then we moved it to Broadway. And it closed about six weeks before September 11, 2001. We were, we were there. Uh, we were supposed to run to September 16, mm. 2001, but the summer business wasn't that great so we decided to close it early on on July 29th and then 6 weeks later September 11th and everything changed for me at that point of course you know? yeah 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 and that's when um is September 11th when you stepped up to the foundation like is that when you decided you wanted to get more involved well yeah that you know i i i wrote a book it's called grateful american a journey from self to service in the book the the chapter about this is called Turning Point, and it's a specific turning point for me from kind of this singular focus on my acting career and what I was doing in the theater and what I was doing with, with trying to get in the movie business and all that to kind of this broader mission of service and, you know, having Vietnam veterans in my family, and uh, I, I go way back with them into the 70s and 80s, and I learned quite a bit from the Vietnam veterans about what it was like to go off to war and then come home to a nation that had uh, kind of turned its back on our veterans at that time. I didn't—I just really wanted to be a part of trying to ensure that that wasn't going to happen to our Afghanistan and, and Iraq veterans when they came home. So I started visiting them and entertaining them with music and— Hospitals and then supporting multiple nonprofits uh, that were trying to help them in various ways, and that all kind of galvanized into the creation of the Gary Sinise Foundation. We're in our twelfth year now, the Gary Sinise you guys Foundation. Are doing great. I mean, the the work you do. I was saying in the intro that the I've seen a lot of the stuff that you guys have done, but not. I mean, not. I know. I know all the different sort of aspects I feel like of what you do, but it just touches in every field. I mean, from the kids that the Snowball Express that you just had this weekend 
here in town. Like that's for the children of um, deceased veterans, right? And they get to go to Disney World. You guys take them to Disney World every year. We do, and yeah. un- unless the COVID year happens, so they just had a Nashville celebration for those graduates, right? Yeah. What? What? Yeah. What's? No, I got involved with Snowball uh, fifteen some years ago, and it was just a, this very grassroots effort to bring some of the children of our fallen heroes together and just give them a good time because they're all grieving. They're going through ter- terrible stuff, having lost a, a parent, and so. A couple of these guys, they, they got together and they brought them to Disneyland. Then they they did a nice event there, uh, let the kids play at Disneyland. And and, um, and then they approached me and to, to tell me about it. And I I got involved the following year, brought my band down, donated the band, and, and we played for the kids. And I've been involved with it ever since. And then uh, in 2017, we folded it into the Gary Sinise Foundation as one of our programs. And it's actually an initiative underneath our relief and resiliency program. We have these four buckets at the Gary Sinise Foundation. And so 2018, one of the things we wanted to do by bringing it into the Gary Sinise Foundation is move it to Disney World. It had been at Anaheim for about three years, then Dallas uh, for about nine years because American Airlines is our big travel sponsor and their hub is in Dallas. So we moved it there. They did a lot of fun things, and we played for them every year there. But we wanted to mix it up and do something uh, a little bit, a little bit different with them. So I have a good relationship with Disney, and yeah, you know, we were able to make a, a you know, we were able to. If you're going to bring about eighteen hundred, two thousand people to Disney, <laughs> you, you've got to have their cooperation. So uh, they got it. Yeah. You know, they they they're. I've supported. seen some of that the, the the celebrations you've done down there, and they're beautiful and. Um, and and then the homes that you build too, like the how many of the smart homes have you built now? Um, we just gave away our seventy eighth home, and tomorrow uh, we're handing over our seventy ninth home. Oh my gosh, Florida! Yeah. Yeah. They're just, I mean, so they're homes for disabled. Um, These are wounded veterans. They're very severely wounded. I got involved in this about two thousand ten. Uh, we had a quadruple amputee. He was the first one to survive that injury. He lost both his arms and both his legs uh, in April of 2009. And then in 2010, I ended up doing a concert to raise money to build a house for him. And when I, when I was doing that, we had another one lose both his arms and legs, a Marine. So I did a concert to raise money for that one. And then there was another one and another one and another one after that we did five quadruple amputees, and then it expanded out uh, and became, you know, once I created the Gary Sneeze Foundation, it became a program that we have there called RISE, Restoring Independence, Supporting Empowerment, and that's what we do with the houses. We build these smart technology houses that make it very easy for uh, service members that are missing limbs or have brain damage or they're burned or whatever for them and their families to be more independent in the house. Yeah. Like tomorrow we have a we have a quadriplegic. He was shot in the neck. Uh, and he's completely paralyzed from the neck down. So his wife is his full-time full-on caregiver. And so we put things in there. We put cranes on the ceiling and she can strap them in and that crane will oh, wow. slide him into the bathroom, into the shower, back up, back into the bedroom. Wow. We we put all kinds of technology into the houses to make it just easier because it's not going to get easier for them as they get older, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I found that, you know, with a lot of our wounded, 
I mean, I was at the hospital. My first visit to Walter Reed was in 2003, and I saw a guy who had lost one leg, another leg badly damaged, arms were, were uh, not doing well. Ten years later, I'm back in the hospital, and I look over, and I see this guy. He's a lot. He's heavy, but he's missing both legs. And I said, I know you. And ten years ago, I, I saw you. And he said, yeah, that was me. And I said, what are you doing here? And he said, My, I just I tried for 10 years to keep this leg going, and it just wouldn't work. So I came back, and they took it off. Mm. And he's just he's he thought he could have a better, more productive life if he wasn't schlepping this bum leg around. Oh, yeah. Because the prosthetics are good. Yeah. And they do a really good job with them. But that indicates to me, you know, these are ongoing issues that our wounded have. They've been, they've been in and out of the hospitals multiple times, multiple surgeries. They go back for repairs. They're, you know. Yeah. And so as they get older, uh, they have special challenges, and we try to provide all that safety and security and independence for them by building specially designed homes just for them and their needs. It's 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 That's pretty right. cool. Program. Yeah. Wow. I don't know uh, where you stand spiritually, but I just feel like, you know, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. And I mean, like you are the hands and feet of God to these people. Like that is so cool what you're doing. And I mean, obviously you've played someone who's been injured in Forrest Gump and you obviously you've not lived that experience fully, but I'm sure that gave you a lot of appreciation for what these men and women are going through and what they're seeing every day. And allowing them to connect to you through that also in that portrayal. No, no, no question. I, when I first started going into the hospitals, they, uh, this was pre-CSI New York. And, you know, uh, so, you know, pe- uh, people had seen me in, in some movies and stuff, but they, they, they didn't really recognize me except for Lieutenant Dan. I'd walk in and the wounded guy would go, Lieutenant Dan, what's your name? You know, <laughs> I'm like, my name's Gary. And so they would want to kind of talk about Lieutenant Dan. I found that very early on. I can remember well, the first trips to the hospital and what uh, you know what happened between me and the and the wounded there. And, you're just one of the people. I I, find, I feel like when when actors have um, it's kind of like a musician. I feel like with their like hit song, they never really want to play it. Mm-hmm. And like actors tend to. A, a role that they're well known for, we tend to want to slide into other skins and be, you know, different. We want to put on different characters. So it's rare for an actor, I feel like, to embrace a character that the audience knows them so well as and really embrace it. And you, ha- I mean, you even named your band after Lieutenant Dan. Dan. So There's no escape. <laughs> You're not Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. It's like ever. I was with Wayne Newton once at uh, uh, in Iraq. And I'm standing with Wayne, and we walk into an Iraqi school, and we're in the classroom, and the soldiers had taught the kids how to say Lieutenant Dan. And so I walked in, and all these Iraqi kids scream out Lieutenant Dan at me, and I went, I said to Wayne, I said, well, I guess I'm always going to be Lieutenant Dan. He goes, yeah, Lieutenant Dan is your dunk, Shane. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh that's perfect <laughs> how many times so a day do you hear you got new legs <laughs> oh yeah uh, pl- pl- plenty of times but I, I look I've done a lot of other parts There, you, you know it's not like Paul I haven't done a lot one of my of favorites oh, I know. I haven't done you know I'm, but you know when you walk into a hospital room and, and, you, and you see somebody who's really struggling the way Lieutenant Dan did uh, and they want to talk about it uh, <laughs> I am all too happy to, to share with them whatever they want to talk about. And if they want to talk about the character, and I don't mind talking about that character because that's the story that we try 
to make sure that all our service members coming home from combat have that positive story that happens at the end of uh, the Lieutenant Dan story. If you look back at that period of time when movies were being made about Vietnam, look at Platoon, Apocalypse Now, Casualties of War, um, Deer Hunter, you always just wondered if the Vietnam veteran at the end of the movie was going to be okay, and sometimes they weren't. Like in Coming Home, you see Bruce Dern swimming out to kill himself in the ocean. And yet Forrest Gump comes along in 1994, and we see a Vietnam veteran as somebody who goes through all the, all the stuff, right? He, he you know, wants to be a great soldier, gets blown up, he's mad, he's, he's guilty, he's uh, dealing with post-traumatic stress, alcohol, isolation, all those things. But what happens at the end of, of that story is he makes peace with God and he moves on and he's standing up and he's, he's a wealthy businessman at the end. We had not seen that story yeah. of a Vietnam veteran. Finds love, like the whole, yeah. Yeah, n- never seen that story before. And so even though... How was though it to play, like character-wise, like getting into that character, were you, did you have to put yourself in like, were you in like a bad place when you were shooting that movie? Like in order to get into that character or were you able to kind of leave I it was, on the set? I was, I, was, I was working with Tom Hanks. I was in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was in a really good, good place. Point. And we had a lot of fun on it. I mean, there's, yeah. uh, there's some, you know, there's some tough stuff. Uh, but we also, you know, Tom was so much fun to work with and Michael T. Williamson is just a gem of a guy. We, we got along so well. And Bob Zemeckis is just a oh. genius filmmaker. Uh, Eric Roth wrote a great script. Uh, you know, I mean, I was you know, I was in heaven. You know, this, this it was probably only. I mean, I, I'd only done a couple of movies before that. Yeah. I'd done a Mice and Men, and I did one called Jack the Bear with Danny DeVito, where I was sort of the evil neighbor, and I did. So you one didn't called, feel like the pre- like the pressure didn't make it. I don't know. Like, and you did CSI for so long. I did one episode. I begged to be on SVU. I begged. And I like I did everything I could for probably a year or two you to baked? just do a oh I like I harassed Harishka, Marishka I was like I was like anything I could do to get I you know went and and like basically like pleaded with the casting director try to meet the producers just to be on it because I was like if I could just be on a serious show I kept saying like then I could you know transition to f- more features and uh, and then I got on that show and I was like I'm never doing I'm gonna quit the business or I'm going back to comedy <laughs> I can't do it I can't like I can't put myself in that place of like. Especially with SVU, it was like all the murder oh, yeah, and the, I dark, was like, yeah. oh, I couldn't put myself in that place. I got too like, it took over my life. And I was like, I did an episode of Sabrina where I had to be in a bad mood and I was in a bad mood all week. Nobody wanted to be around me. <laughs> my my poor friend who was directing it, we never hired her as a director again because everyone was like, well, Melissa's in a terrible mood. Let's not bring that. You know, it was like, oh, no. I, I, get, I get, I think I get a little too emotionally invested in these things and I have a hard time letting them go. But well, I learned sort of with the CSI, I mean, if. We did 197 episodes of murder and death, you know. (laughs) And so we had to find our ways through that. And, you know, there's a lot of levity on a a set like that when you're you're doing it every week. You know, you you get serious when you need to and then you kind of drop it. Same thing with Lieutenant Dan. I mean, we we got serious when when we needed to, but we also had a good time and it was a it was a fun movie to make and and. I didn't know what it was going to turn out like until I saw it because so many of the other aspects of the movie were being made and I wasn't involved in it. But I can't imagine reading that kind of script. Like, yeah, it was, it was not bizarre. knowing how, like, 
Tom's accent or how Bubba Gump Shrimp would cut. You know, like it just seems like it would be a difficult thing to read and understand. Like I know I've read many scripts that they were like, we want you to audition for this movie. And I was like, I don't get it. But um, <laughs> like I think one of them uh, uh, was Reese Witherspoon. What was it? It was in black and white and then it transitioned. Oh, Pleasantville. Pleasantville. Oh, Pleasantville. Like, yeah. I was like, I kind of get it, but it doesn't really move me in a way that I feel like it should. I don't know. But I, then, of course, you see it and you're like, oh, that was a great movie. But um, but yeah, I I uh, I wonder if like was Forrest Gump like on the page there? Did you like? You know, I I, I remember I I was so focused on let's make sure that the Lieutenant Dan stuff feels feels right yeah. that I you know I just wanted to get that stuff right. And I remember we sat down uh, for two mornings before we shot. We all arrived in South Carolina where we were shooting, and, and two mornings. We spent the first morning going through half to the first half, second morning going through the second half. And we discovered a lot of great things just, just by reading it, mm-hmm. reading it. And in fact, uh, I'll tell you, remember the, all, the, all the Bubba stuff with the shrimp? Yeah. So he's got this kind of shrimp and that kind of <laughs> shrimp and blah, blah, blah. That came from those morning sessions because Bob Zemeckis said at one point, because it wasn't, it wasn't like that in the beginning, but... Tom Hanks, in the script, in the original script, decides to go have a shrimp boat, you know, have a shrimp company. But prior to that, I mean, Bubba had only, in the script, he'd only mentioned it like one time. And Bob was like, why does, why does he go, you know, yeah. have a shrimp boat? I don't get it. <laughs> so, so they came up with this thing. Well, it's because Bubba drilled shrimp into his head. That's yeah. because that's all Bubba would talk about. Yeah. And that came out of those those oh, sessions. So a lot a lot of stuff developed as it came along. That was actually the most part where you could uh, most fun part for me with the whole cast because then Sally went off and did her thing, Robin Wright went off and did her thing, and I, yeah. I was doing my thing. I didn't really know what anybody was doing until I saw the movie, yeah. and then it was like, oh, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> you know, maybe a turned, masterpiece. No, Oscar worthy. Turned know. out all right. <laughs> um, so, so of course everybody loves you in your movies. But what movies? What we were talking before. We always say we were burning content when we like mm-hmm. say hello to you before you come in. But um, we were burning some content on some movies that you like right now. I know there's one out. Yeah, right. That you're right pretty. Now, Top Gun is. You know, I haven't seen a lot of movies, but I did go to see Top Gun, and that was so much fun. It was so and fun. it was so beautifully done, and I mean, just stunning, stunning. You mean Tom Cruise was airplane stunning? work? Is that what you mean? Oh, <laughs> that Tom Cruise movie, yeah. <laughs> he, he was, he was, he was pretty stunning. The, the Maverick it. movie, yeah. Oh, it's I loved so it. Good. I loved it. It was, I mean, yeah. And I just saw Elvis, and I really liked that one. But um, and I love Baz Luhrmann as a director. But uh, Maverick, gosh, I I think it's the best movie I've seen in a while. Like I was putting my no hands point. in the air when the plane's going overhead because I sat in the second <laughs> row and I was like, woo. As if I was like on a roller coaster or something. Did you see it on the IMAX? I, I heard that IMAX oh. was like a really great way to see it. Oh, I might go do that because I, I actually, I think I need to see it again in the theater before it goes out of the theater. Well, so. I loved that it showed like, it was a movie void of all politics. It showed our military in mm-hmm. a positive light, you know, and there was nothing negative. They were the heroes. We knew who the bad guys were. Yeah. And it was just like. Apparently, by the way, I, I have a house in Tahoe. And um, love that. I go to Tahoe as much as I can. And I didn't realize that during, like, before before COVID, I guess they were shooting it there. They blew up the runway. The runway they blew up is South Lake Tahoe. They were actually going to repave that runway and gave it to them to blow up. 
They shot a lot of it in Nevada. No kidding. That's funny. And the bridge they fly under is like Donner Pass. You know the Donner Party, like the 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 uh, the people that that turned on themselves. Yeah, the one that they go underneath to go into the battle, um, or go in and and drop bombs. And it's in Nevada. Yeah, that bridge is in Nevada. It's in the Donner Pass, which is where the Donner Party like ate themselves. You know the the cannibals back in the like eighteen like the the pioneer days. That's an. Have you ever heard about the Donner Party? The good old days. Thank you for that thought. That will (laughs) never come out of my brain. You can connect the Donner Party with Maverick now. (laughs) Awesome. But yeah, that movie was incredible, huh? That was. Did you absolutely loved and and. Know some people who worked on it because uh, I do a lot of military stuff yeah. in San Diego and Miramar is where, where a lot of them trained and did a lot of that. I, I actually flew an F eighteen and I did my training at Miramar. You so. flew an F eighteen? I did. Yeah, well, in man. it or you flew it? No, no, they're not going to let me okay. fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let you know when the actors in, in Maverick say they were flying the planes and everything. You know, they're not flying. The there's <laughs> other people in there with them. Yeah, you know. but yeah, they, those, they did those have to train quite a, quite a lot because they were pulling some hard G's. They were and, right. Yeah, yeah, that that can be that tough that on the legit. body. That that's hard on the body. Did you guys have to do anything like that with Apollo thirteen? Like any sort we, of? We did um, weightless. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, the the, uh, the vomit comet. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what you. it's called. Really? Where did you shoot that? Was it's, that? And he, well, we uh, we did the the vomit coming is, <laughs> is down in Houston. So we went down to Houston and we went to the Space Center and we did a bunch of stuff there and then and then we flew on the on the KC135, which is a training plane and it can drop you weightless for about 25 seconds. And we all went up there me and Tom and Kevin and Bill Paxton and and Ron Howard. Uh, we all went up there and did that, and then Ron, I remember see, watching him when we landed, sitting there talking to the, the crew and everybody, and you could see his brain working about, how can I put a set in here? <laughs> and so they they ended up doing that. They put the set in the plane, and they shot. For, the plane goes up, and as it's dropped, no, as, what does it goes do? up like this, and you know what, like when you do a roller coaster, uh-huh. and you go up like that, and then it goes like that. And uh-huh. you feel like, <laughs> and you're weightless for how long? Like a few seconds. Twenty five seconds, and then so it that's comes all you have up to film. again. Twenty five seconds. Twenty five seconds of filming. Yeah. How many times do you have to do that? Well, uh, when I did it, I only went up once. Just oh, okay. the first time, we all went up to see what it was like and to float around and you know say we did it and, and all that. And um, we were supposed to do forty times like that. Forty. And the body can handle that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, some. <laughs> <laughs> so then Ron goes, uh, "Hey, let's do ten more. Can we do that?" And you know, I made I made it to like forty two, and then uh, had to pull the barf bag out of my out of my pocket and, and strap in and sit down and ride the rest out. Well, so that's what I don't understand. So you're not like, how are you not seat belted, or do you just quickly release and then have to re seat belt by the end of the twenty five seconds? Like, no, no, no. You just go to the floor. Oh, you, you know? do. Yeah, you just, just crash. If you're on the ceiling, you you're gonna drop to the floor. Okay. So you try to get yourself to the floor by the end of the twenty five seconds. So what happens is, I remember there's there's seats in the back of the plane, right? There's maybe twenty seats or something in the back of the plane. The whole rest of the plane is just gutted and padded with okay. big lights on the sides, and when the lights come on, it's like a show. And it was it was because things float, and so uh, there were 
scientists out there. There were a couple guys doing experiments out there. So they were all ready for the weightlessness, and we were still strapped in. The lights came on, and these guys started floating around. And it was like the most bizarre show. Cirque you know? Soleil in the sky. Yeah, it was like a bizarre <laughs> show. All of a sudden, the bright lights come on, and they're, they're spinning around and doing all the lights go off. They settle on the floor, wait for the plane to go back up. Because it drops like this for 25 seconds, then it climbs back up. And then then just as it's about to come over, the lights come on and it falls. So the lights are what lets you know when you're hitting weightlessness or not, like it's going to end. Yeah, or you just go. (laughs) You just feel it. (laughs) Yeah, your whole body comes out of a seat. I will will say I was the first one to unstrap. So you're, you're, you're strapped in. We rode that out a few times to see what it was like. And then I unstrapped and went floating. And then everybody else. Oh, this is and what I was Elon the first Musk one to strap to... back in. Too. So that's like being on a roller coaster for forty hills. But like you're at yeah. like what are you at? That's like a fifty thousand feet or something. I'm sorry. Or you like that's way. Like... You go. You go up to like you know forty two thousand, and oh, then you geez. drop for twenty, and then oh, uh, come back up. <laughs> yeah. No wonder it's the vomit. But I rocket. feel like I feel like Elon Musk is doing the wrong thing, sending people into space. Just do that. <laughs> like how many well, people would you pay now. for that? Really? You, you could do it. Oh, no, okay. They're, they're, I mean, I kind of want to because I kind of like a challenge. To, I feel like I, I need to do once. No, you can do it. They're, they're actually charging people money for it. I don't, yeah. I don't want to do it 40 times. Somebody figure it out. Oh, we can make a little money on this. Yeah, yeah. Can we do it like Buy the right plane. And... My son I feel like totally three, I'm good. You what? Let's if do it like three, three times. times. After that, I'm Well, good. like he said, though, you got to watch it. Like, you got to you got to feel it a few times. So if you feel it three, you do it for like five and then you go and you're done, maybe. No, well, I did it for 40 and I was fine. Yeah. I, um, I was fine until gotta be careful we were, ha- we were cookies. having a ball. There's pi- there's video of us up there and there's pictures of us <laughs> on plop, YouTube. Where can we find around that? and all that? I want to find that video. Where's the video? It, it's <laughs> someone's got it. It's a Bill Paxton was making a video. God bless him, Bill. I, what a wonderful guy. But he he was kind of, you know, floating around, <laughs> shooting everybody. You know. Then he shot me, and you can see me. Oh, and this is kind of funny. So this is NASA, right? You, you think they'd have more high-tech ways of, of, you know, taking care of people that aren't feeling well. So uh, I strap back in, and the, the doctor, there's a doctor on board. He pulls out one of those little plastic spinning fans. Oh, Battery-operated fans and just holds it on me like this <laughs> while we're like well, that's gonna not be an injection of some sort of adrenaline thing or didn't no. give me no no it was just like just hang on we Here's got we supply. got eight more to go here's some grocery bags <laughs> kind of like the equivalent Try of mom opening the window yeah mom <laughs> opening the window in the car right like here you go get some air kind kind of well when you go up they give you two bags oh so there are pictures I think there's there's uh, there's a picture in my book. Where you see all six of us, and we've got these little white things here, and that, that's little barf bags. <laughs> and I'm the only one who comes back with one, you know. But you, you only needed one. one. I mean, yeah. you're only Thankfully. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, Ron Note didn't yourself, talk him into doing breakfast another before thing. My gosh. Flying in the crazy place. <laughs> so, Melissa, I'm yeah. so excited for you. You've been really working hard on getting your immune system up and going really well and getting your body in shape. What's your secret weapon now? Well, I've been using AG1. Do you know AG1? I have heard of this. It's made by Athletic Greens. It's great. It tastes great. Uh, you do a scoop. Oh, no, because I know those veggie things can be not so tasty. 
This one is pretty yum. Okay. What do you, you like do? put a scoop in your water in the morning and it, oh my gosh, it helps in so many ways. So tell me what it's doing for you. So with one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, all kinds of good stuff, right? Ooh. It's lifestyle friendly. You can eat it when you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, all the Ooh. things. So it's good for me. Yeah, absolutely. And it costs less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit. And I love this. They're sustainable too for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. That's and, amazing. Yeah, they do like climate neutral certified, all that good stuff. That is amazing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Yeah, and to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash WWB. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash WWB to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you, Athletic Greens, for supporting What Women Binge. Well, we have some questions we ask everybody when they come on, and I'm going to ask you some of these if that's all right. All right. I mean, some of them might not apply because I know you don't binge things, but... (laughs) <laughs> is there a movie that if it came on TV, you would watch it with the commercials? Like, what's the movie that you always keep on? Godfather. Oh, okay. All right. Right? Yeah. What, I, I can't. I can't not, I can't not. I have not seen that, but my son and my wife have seen it, and they, lo- they loved it. It's yeah. so good. They loved it. We just <laughs> finished it, and yeah. it's wor- The first three episodes, I was like, this is not for me. This is, this is a Logan show. And after that, I was like... What happens next? And he's like, "You've seen the movie." I was like, "What happens next?" And the end is fabulous. All right, so we- I got to I got to see that because that's that's one of my I mean, it's one of the great movies. Ever, yeah, yeah. Ever made them both of them, both one and two are. Great. I would watch both of them if with with, with commercials with, with You'll or sit without through commercials. You'll just take those little commercial breaks to go get your coffee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there a book that you read super fast that you would like recommend? Yeah, there's yeah. There's, um, well, there's a few, uh, you know, super fast for me is not, is, is maybe not super <laughs> for fast you, for though, you. For you, just for you. Uh, but um, there's a book by Eric Blem called Fearless. And it's a story, it's a true story based on a, a story of a, a, this kind of superhuman Navy SEAL who unfortunately lost his life. And I was at the Snowball Express um event in Dallas when I was playing there years ago. I mean, this is 10 years ago or something like that. And uh, a woman came up with two kids. And she handed me, the, handed me this book. And it was her husband's story. And a guy named Eric Blen, Blem wrote about her su- husband who was killed in Afghanistan. And it is, the, it is such a moving, powerful, powerful story. Do you know uh, Andy and John Irwin? The Irwin Brothers, they yeah, made, yeah. they made, uh, I can only imagine the oh, movie. Oh, okay, yeah. They live they, here in town. Okay. They made, I still believe, I, I, I was in that one. Um, and I gave that book to Andy and I said, you know, I'm not going to do this. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you, Make you, you should do, you should direct this. And, uh, Andy and John now, uh, have the rights to it. They're uh-huh. about to start working on a script of it. And it is a powerful, wonderful uh, moving, moving story. Great. Right. great. It's called Fearless. Yeah. The story of Adam Brown. Read it now because the movie's coming out in a few years, it sounds like. Probably. 
Yeah, and I read that uh, as fast as I could. Yeah, that was <laughs> one just, of your... It's not fast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get but... it. I get it. This one, this one reads a book in like, literally, I mentioned a book on our podcast, I think, last week, and by the time she was supposed to meet me, you're supposed to meet me for lunch or something dinner. and dinner. <laughs> and by the time and she was like, she had already finished half Wait, of it by the time she came to dinner. That? I um, am very ADHD. And when I was growing up, they thought I was dyslexic. And so they taught me how to speed read. Well, I think everybody should be taught that. <laughs> so I'm just a very fast reader now. And you, you comprehend everything you're reading? Mm-hmm. Do you look at shapes by any chance? Do you look at the word and see the shape and know the shape is that word? I see everything in shapes. Okay. Interesting. I break down everything I see in shape. Because that's because I have two kids that are dyslexic, and I, I, I'd heard that that's sometimes a coping, like... I have a photographic memory, so a lot of times, if if there's a picture on a page especially, I can remember everything that's on it. That's incredible. I like to say I have a photographic memory, but it's not quite like that. It's not really a photograph. <laughs> it's more like I have to remember the photograph. <laughs> I never learned how to read when I was a kid. I just never learned how to read properly. Yeah. And I struggled all the way through school. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was, I always thought I just wasn't smart because I, you know, didn't comprehend things the way people did. I couldn't study the same way other kids did. And uh, it wasn't until I was 25, I was diagnosed with ADHD and I was like, oh, that's what's up. Okay. And then all of these like key pieces through, you know, the speed reading as a child, which I didn't really apply through high school because I didn't see the point because I didn't think I was smart anyway. Now as an adult, you know, I've finished two degrees. I, you know. I'm an artist. You I can read do like all these things I never thought I could five do. Five books a day. So, this one. Do you talk about that to students, to young students? Ever? No, uh-huh. I don't, actually. Maybe you should. should. You should. You absolutely should. Uh, you know, these, there, so many kids are struggling in so many yeah. different ways. And if, well, mine. Uh, can you help mine? I know. Well, even my own child. I have, I have a child who's ADHD and dyslexic and watching, just knowing that he's not going to have the struggles that I have because he's, I've gotten him the therapies he needs and the tutoring he needs and he's already been successful like it's such a relief yeah they've really stepped know, up the like, school systems he has options and yeah. he can he won't ever feel like he's not smart yeah oh fantastic yeah. well you right. should go out yeah. and talk <laughs> yeah you should you should <laughs> gary is there a show that was your favorite show as a teenager or like a kid combat <laughs> i'm seeing this a theme there's a Gary's theme in your life yeah <laughs> I remember Why? combat. Now, what I'm going to shift, can I say a few? Oh, sure. yeah. Um, the Andy Griffith Show. Oh, uh-huh. yes. We've been showing, my husband shows the kids that one. Yeah, That's the Andy Griffith, Aunt B and Barney and all the whole thing. Uh, Opie. Yep. And then and then years later, of course. And then you get uh, to work with them. I work with Ron. Uh, Happy Days. There's two oh, Ron Howard yeah. shows. Uh, Hogan's Heroes was one I remember. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I'm dating myself. There you go. Well, <laughs> but yeah, those are, I mean, those are great shows and those are classics. And, and that was a great time for television too, I feel like. Yeah. That, I mean, there were a lot of, a lot of wonderful shows. I don't know there. combat. I know all the others, but. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I know combat either. Bonanza is another one. Oh. My mom has that, uh, what's the TV station or like it's old television show. Oh yeah. Yeah. TV Land, right? TV Land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's constantly got that on, and she's and that's one of those shows yeah. after. It her. used to be all the Nick at Night stuff back in like the nineties. Yeah, Nickelodeon did the Nick at Night. That's how I got to watch all. Those. Yeah, because Nickelodeon was kids during the day, and then that's what I, I watched. Bewitched and all like seventy yeah. shows, six. Mork and Mindy, yeah, 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 stuff like that. Although I think I watch Mork and Mindy in real time, maybe. 
Um, but yeah, uh, funny fact again, Tahoe. I think Bonanza was shot in Tahoe. So strangely, right? A lot of work in Nevada, apparently. Paul, Little Joe, <laughs> Hoss. Adam. Good show. I miss wholesome TV like that, though. Well, that's what it's we there, try to show our wholesome kids. Wholesome TV exists like hard. that now, like Andy Griffith and all those. Nope, you got to go back and watch those. That's why That's why <laughs> my mom is constantly on those shows, mm-hmm. watching those shows. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to put it on TV land for my kids. I keep trying to get them into Little House on the Prairie, but... That's not going to work for the I know, for my, for my... Well, I'm more like the nine-year-old, but I, he's more into any... He's into Stranger Things. He's not going to yeah, watch. Yeah, right. When he's watching, like, a, you know, beautiful uh, Millie Bobby Brown and her shaved head and her nose bleeding and okay, monsters so coming after him. She's not, he's not going to watch Little House on the Prairie. TV my little 10-year-old niece, is that's what she's watching, Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. Like, or there's that crap. I can't even watch that. I will have nightmares for months. But I even they're that. like this Jurassic Park kids, uh, 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 what do you call it, animation show, mm-hmm. is like a little bit brutal. Like the, I just watched one the other day with him and the T-Rex is biting on the neck of the Spinosaurus and like kills the mommy, or the Spinosaurus kills the mommy T-Rex. I'm like, what is going on in this in this cartoon? <laughs> Some violence. <laughs> no, I was like, I guess it's the right kind of. Violence. Okay, so fix it. The right? Flintstones. He just used, you know, remember the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they were so mean to the. We have been watching. We did watch that again with our kids. The Flintstones. It's a little like they're like, get back in the kitchen, Betty, and make me a. You know, oh. it's a little bit like <laughs> the women are a the little Jetsons because they had a robot made that would do that. Yeah, there you go. The, yeah, wasn't the, the Flintstones sort of based on the Jackie? I think, show yeah, or, so it definitely seemed like it. If the it honeymooners, wasn't. the honeymoon, yeah, yeah kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you have a fast food joint you like to hit up on your travel? Like when you're running around, you got to grab something. All right, Chick Fil A, uh, yeah. large chicken, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it's like Chick Fil A. Which that's, sauce? That's though? my. Which... That, I'm a no sauce guy. <gasps> no sauce. No oh, sauce. Well, I mean Chick Fil A. That's okay. Oh, I, I, I'm because I'll allow it. I like the original, like. With yeah. pickle, though, right? Do you yeah, pickle? Yeah, okay, pickle good. on the sandwich. I'll get that. Absolutely. That yes. counts as almost a condiment because that's true. The vinegar, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I like the little nuggets and. I'm into yeah. the Polynesian sauce. That's my favorite. Yeah, too. I like the Polynesian. And the peach milkshake. Oh, oh really? You are my people. You know that? <laughs> oh, I wait on it every year. I wait for summer. It's so <laughs> I just wait for a kid I not get to finish fatter things. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the the summertime. Oh, why are you? So we speak heavy? kindly to our bodies, Gary. Yeah. We just—it's okay. I can't. I almost can't help it. I'll see a Chick Fil A and I'll just well, oh, maybe just one just shake. Just one milkshake. It's hard not to. Yeah, I can't. I try to avoid the milkshakes and then I just sip off the kids when they don't drink them. So. <laughs> That no, way, that pit- makes me feel like it's not my milkshake. So there have I can been have- many summer days this year where I've had a peach milkshake for lunch. I'm, uh, is there a Chick Fil A around here? Oh yeah, is there? <laughs> You're oh, yeah. gonna go? Are you craving it now? <laughs> I'm stopping there on, the way, stopping the, on the way to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there? Uh, well, you said you don't really watch a lot of current TV, but is there like a show you refuse to watch or something? Like my mom wouldn't let me watch I Love Lucy because uh, she thought that Lucy was. Um, not a good representation of a, like a strong woman. Funny enough, but, but I mean now I think she would change. But she's her mind. hilarious. That, I know she's hilarious, but I think my mom was like, mm, she's not who I really want you to be. Like, funny enough, my career kind of followed that path. But anyway, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> jokes on you, Mama Heart. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what show I wouldn't. Uh, it's that's 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 a hard one to think of. Like a show that I that you wouldn't watch. I know I have a lot of this season. There's not a, a lot show. Of like, I, I know shows that I. You, you know what I've been. Can I say what I have yeah, watched yeah, yeah. more than like I I never watched 
too much, but um, just because of time. But um, Seinfeld. Oh yeah, they're they're on uh, net. All those episodes are on Netflix, and my son and I and my wife have been watching these old episodes. And and I realized, you know, when Seinfeld was on, it was the '90s, and so I was right in the middle of Steppenwolf Theater, like exploding, doing all kinds of things. So busy with that, moving shows, no time to watch TV, moving to Hollywood. Starting, you know, to get into the business. And so I, I basically missed nine years of Seinfeld and never really understood what the big deal was. But now I watch now it. Now you love it. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It's I good mean, stuff. They, I actually, well, I spent the weekend binging it. My husband had his friends in town and their whole connection is like they love Seinfeld. So they brought us a Seinfeld game. Oh, so fine. Besides playing the Seinfeld game, we were watching it all weekend. What's too, the so. Seinfeld game? Like it's like a board game you play with. Actually, we didn't even play the game. We just sort of read the cards to each other and asked each other the like trivia. <laughs> yeah, it's like trivia stuff. Oh. So it's like who did you know? So and then we were watching an episode this weekend, the the uh, Ugly Baby episode, which I didn't realize was also <laughs> it's also the Shrinkage episode. I was like, they put the Shrinkage episode and the Ugly Baby episode in this. It's the same episode. They, they, I don't uh, know. It's crazy. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, when you watch how the little different storylines all tie together and everything like that, it was really well-crafted. And then, of course, the cast, Julia Dreyfus was so funny, and and, and Alexander and yeah. Michael Richards and Jerry. Really and, I mean, great they casting. Hysterical. It used to drive me nuts that Jerry would, he could, he would uh, telegraph the, the joke a little bit. He'd, well, because he, I mean, a lot. Because he like always he was smiles. Laughing through the he's whole having thing. a blast. And so it took me a little while to get over that and be like, he's laughing at his own joke. But yeah. then it's like, it becomes a charming thing. That's his thing. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it took me a minute. If, if, if you had to, ask, I mean, I've never watched so many episodes of a television show as, <laughs> as I have because, well, you know, we'll have dinner and we'll put it on. And, and there's a lot of them. So, there's so a lot many. of them to pick Have you from. ever seen the uh, the early ones, like the first episode oh, yeah, of yeah. Seinfeld? Well, if you look at them, it's so different than what it ends up being. Like Michael Richards' hair is like flat. <laughs> and and as this episode, you know, as the seasons higher. go yeah. on, it just gets it higher high. and higher. That's true. He gets more ridiculous, yeah. and, you know, as time goes on. I mean, yeah, it's funny how shows like they always say that a show like that would never survive today because they wouldn't give it the time to develop the way that did. Yeah. Like that, Friends, all those shows that took a few years to really get on their feet and get and 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 develop those characters and those friendships and the relationship with the audience. It, it that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, they'd probably bail on it. They'd but... cancel it by six episodes. <laughs> yeah, this is that. <laughs> I'm glad they let that one go. Yeah, that's a good so one. So miss, really miss 90s TV. I need you to go back and watch Frasier when you oh, finish Well, Frasier's that. another one. Gosh, I love that show. We're watching episodes so of that as well. I, I actually, so that I haven't watched. Did you ever do one of those? <gasps> no. Oh. No, we were on the same lot at the same time. We were on the Paramount lot with them. But um, no, I never, and I never really watched Frasier. I loved Cheers, but I never watched Frasier. Really fun. I, I actually did one. You did? But it? I did. It's yeah. one of those voices. You know, when, when people call in. Oh, yeah. So they asked me if I would call in, and they recorded me <laughs> over the phone. And I they gave me this. the script, and I called in, and and they recorded me over the phone. And then I'm the voice uh, at Actually, the beginning the of the Actually, over the phone? Show. They didn't record you in a studio, like under no, a real mic? No, I microphone. did it over the phone. That's hilarious. I didn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> That's so Amazing. funny. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's actually a pretty funny bit. Do you uh, remember what the episode was called? So we can all watch it. I don't remember what the episode was called, 
But the bit was, you know, I mean, it's the way the show begins. Somebody calls in and he, uh, Frazier hears him and it sounds like he's reading everything he's saying. He can't actually speak without reading everything. And then Frazier finally goes, uh, uh, Leonard, are you, are you reading? Are you reading? And you hear, yes, I am. <laughs> Season two, episode, he's episode uh, eighteen. She's got Logan in her ear. She has called. a magic I have brain. A brain. Is that my sh- the show? That's uh-huh. your show. Season oh my two, God. episode eighteen. That's what you said. Uh-huh. Tune in. Yeah, check Tune it in. <clears throat> check it I out. Love, we watch, we rewatch Frasier all the time. What is Frasier on right now? Is it on Netflix? Netflix. Yeah. Or we could probably find it. It's on like TV like Seinfeld's <laughs> on there too. So we yeah, end okay. up watching both of them. Yeah. And Kelsey's a friend, so. Oh, that's cool. He's actually going to be the co-host of that event oh, I was gala. telling you about. Yeah, in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I know. I hope I'm going to be here. I'm still trying I hope to find so. out. Um, is there a movie that you just don't understand the hype? Like my husband was always like, I never. He never understood the first Top Gun. He just didn't get the hype on that. How? He just thought it was a little cheesy. I think there was too much love stuff in it for him. I mean, Goose. Like, come on. But like, I think I think he he didn't quite understand Top Gun. He loves Maverick, but didn't understand Top Gun. Like maybe Transformers or something. <laughs> Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, those those kind of things I didn't didn't really understand too much. They, they, they just, you know, it's just one thing after another, mm-hmm. one Transformer after another. A lot of blow up scenes. Yeah, I love Mark. Mark is a, a friend of mine, but you know, there are too many Transformers in the movie. <laughs> to understand. Many and some of them look alike. Like, I'm like, I don't know, Optimus Prime and uh, Starship or something. I don't know. They all kind of look, some of them look similar. Not Optimus Prime. He's my doll. I love him. <laughs> him and Bumblebee. But, um, okay, is there a workout that, um, well, first of all, is there a workout you like and a workout you don't like? Like something you like, do you like to, you know, go line dancing and hate? Spinning. Oh, line dancing, yeah. <laughs> I'm really into that right now. <laughs> I went to a line dancing thing on Friday night, so it's a little stuck in my head. We are. In Is that a workout? I mean, it I would consider it a workout. can be if you if I'm make just, it one. If I'm moving all night long, if I'm like, and right, left, kick, left, right, kick, boot, I don't know. Scootin' booty. Okay. That's scootin the new booty? workout. Scootin' booty? Well, because it's the boot scootin' boogie is one of the line dances. That's a real workout? No, I, I just made it up. Oh, I was like, I want to go do that. <laughs> I said, well, oh we my God, Amanda, start a new... Yeah, start a new workout, please. Scoot and booty. I, 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 <laughs> Would you come do scoot and booty? <laughs> okay, that's, I'm going to put that on the calendar. Yeah, <laughs> scoot and booty workout. <laughs> so it's it's about the booty. Which it's about I, the booty. You know, maybe I could use that. I <laughs> <I'm> gonna... Okay. <laughs> yeah. We've got off the rails, people. I'm sorry. No, it's funny. Um. Is do you, is there something do you ever were you a runner? Or you I a... I used to play racquetball. Oh, and that was that was my workout. That's something I don't don't do anymore. Ugh. I think it was a back back issue, a tweak, or mm-hmm. you know, or or a pull of something. Yeah, forced you into retirement. Happens. It sent me to the golf course. Amanda and I did <laughs> an Orange point. Theory class yesterday, and I am I will feeling be it right tomorrow. now. I don't. Know, I keep shifting around. I'm like my hips, my knees, my. <laughs> Thighs are so sore. My back is aching. I'm like, we try. I'm a mess. <laughs> um, is do you have a favorite genre of books? Some maybe some biographies. I kind of like uh, military history. I can see you in a John Meacham type, type. Some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of love Bob Hope and what he did. Mm-hmm. 
Well, did you're, you, you, I mean, I think the know? Bob Hope Airport's going to be called Gary Sinise Airport someday soon. Uh, <laughs> did you ever know Bob Hope? I didn't know. Uh, I read his biography called I Never Left Home, and he wrote it after his first overseas uh, tour for the troops was about three months long. I mean, it was it was a long one, and they went everywhere. And they did 200 shows or something like that on little in little places, little island hops and all this. What about stuff. what year is this? Do you know? Back in the you know in the 40s in the, oh, okay. in so the middle of the yeah, war. Okay. And he uh, they went all over the place. And he came back and wrote a book called "I Never Left Home," and it, it kind of documents that whole thing and some of the things that he saw and some of the things that he did. And it's it's kind of a smorgasbord of, of hope in the in the war zone, and uh, it, I actually got one of the original copies of that. And I'm, uh, Did you know Bob Hope? Wow. No, no, I never knew Bob Hope. Uh, I was at the Emmys once. I think it was. I, I was. I, I won an Emmy. It was. It was. At, it was at. It was at the one I was at, and they brought Bob Hope. I think it was Sid Caesar. And like Milton Berle. No, I did a movie with Sid Caesar. You did. I did. He was, he was the grumpy old man on the block when I, uh, I, um, yeah. It was called Christmas Snow. It was a Christmas movie for NBC. I think Um, we shot it in Vancouver in 1986. How how old then? He was pretty old. It was 1986. He was. I mean, I don't even know. I didn't. I don't think I asked him. I think I was afraid of him. (laughs) But yeah, no, we did a movie with Catherine Hellman too. So. They, well, all th- all three of those guys were up on stage. They did like a moment, and yeah. Bob Hope was a hundred years old, I think, oh, wow. sitting in a, and he was in a wheelchair, and you know he died shortly after that. I wow. Think. So you were in the same room one night. Well, I was in the same room. Yeah, I saw him up there. Wait, what's the name of his book? I never left home. I never left home. I'm gonna check that one out. Um, do you like podcasts? Is there a podcast that you listen to, like? Enjoy. Let's start listening to this one. Are you? <laughs> we have some fun here. Yes. I, how often do you, do you do it? Every week. Every, every Wednesday. Week. We have I, one out. Know, I didn't Wednesday. know about it until you until you told me. It's kind of a new thing. And podcasts. It's like there's there's so much content these days. It's hard to find anything. And I, it, it's funny. I, you don't have a podcast because I feel like I, every guest we have in here has a podcast too. I, I don't have. <laughs> I think one. it's time. The Gary Sinise Foundation podcast. Yes. Lieutenant Dan Band podcast. We, we, we were, my son was actually working on that for a while and then he, he couldn't do it. But uh, we, we've talked about it at the foundation. You have a lot to There's say. There's so many great I feel ones. like people would love to hear. Do you know? There's family. too many people saying too many things out there. I know, don't you a think? Lot. That's the thing. That's why, look. And we, <laughs> but we're when, highly entertaining. Uh, I always yeah. want to no, be No, no, not thing. you. I'm not talking about <laughs> oh, no, no, you. I'm going to listen to you. No, it's it's funny. We um When I, back before... Uh, back in uh, a few years ago, I wanted to be on a talk show. All I really wanted after I gave up on my SVU dreams, um, of being on a, <laughs> on some sort of a murder a thriller show. Yes. Actress. I decided I went back to comedy for a little while and then I was like, I moved to Connecticut and I was like, I really want to do a talk show. That way I could work at home in New York and, and get home in time for the kids to come home from school and stuff. And I was like, I need to be on a talk show, but I want it to be hard hitting. I want to talk about important things like politics and religion. And then, you know, some things happened in the last like decade where I was like, no, I don't want to talk about politics anymore. I want to talk about something fun. Let's talk about what everybody's watching and reading and listening to. So that's, that's where this gr- kind So of it, it came on three years ago. No, no, no. It, we it, just started uh, in January. No, the seasons, because I told him third season. Oh, we are. So see, and yeah, oh, it's, not like, it's not, it's not like, like the television season. world. No, each season is just 10 episodes. 
Okay. So basically, we've done, I think we've done 40, going on 40. 40 episodes. Yeah, we're coming up on, or 30, 35, I think, because we have a few specials in there. 35. So this is the fourth season? No, this is or, the end of our third season. Yeah. You're our finale, The sir. end of our third season. We need music. Yeah. <laughs> we need some sort of a fanfare confetti. at the end. That's a good idea. Some confetti. Can that in, right? <laughs> the confetti. We need the Lieutenant Dan band. But, oh, I would love, I still have to hear you guys play. I missed you guys on Sunday night. Um, but talking about Bob Hope, it's funny because you wanted me to speak to the kids at the Snowball Express last weekend. And um, I got so nervous about writing that speech. I didn't know what I didn't know what to say to them. And I looked at Bob Hope and things he'd said. I looked at your speeches to them and uh, and I didn't realize that you were going to intro me. So there was a video of Gary introing me on stage to say hi to these children that were here. Children. They're actually 18 and 19 year olds that were here for the uh, weekend. And I uh, I thought for once I could actually say some of the things that maybe you'd said before. Like I was taking inspiration from you because I was so lost in what to say that was going to be Funny and heartwarming, but also like, you know, not glazing over the fact that they have there were fallen heroes that were missing that night. And uh, and I was trying to take inspiration. And then you introduced me and I didn't know your video was going to come first. And I was like, oh, he's beating me to it. Like, <laughs> you know, you always have the right thing to say. And I was like, I just hope I I don't know. Talk about like I needed to read everything like the Frasier. I, I was <laughs> I had my speech there, but the microphone was to the side of the podium. So I kept kind of looking over at it going, I don't want to mess this up. I want to say this right. <laughs> like, I had to hold to my speech a little bit. and um, They were so happy. You were, oh, I was so nervous. I wanted to, like, entertain them and be like. I heard great things. I just wanted to be worthy of being the surprise guest. And I just. You were uh, the surprise. I know. That's what that's I heard. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And um, thank you for oh, doing I was, that. I was so happy I to do it. it. I was happy to be there. Um, so our last question is, do you have a favorite reading spot? Is there a spot you like to read like? Or like where you like go to like chill out. Zone. Yeah. Like do you read on the airplane or is there like Well, yeah, I do I do that, but you know I mean at my house, um yeah, outside. Yeah. Outside, yeah. I, in the well, back, uh, in the welcome back. to Nashville. It's gonna be a little hot to do yeah. that right now. It's it's hot. <laughs> it's a little hot and sticky. And watch out for the bugs. I was out this morning though. I got up at like five and was sitting out on my daughter's That's about the only porch, time. And porch and it was it was gorgeous. Funny story. So I walked out. I got my coffee. I walked out onto the porch, and I hear this beep, 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 go off. And this this thing, and like a voice said something. And then I thought, well, that's funny. What is that? Is some kind of alarm or something my daughter's got? And I sat there for about five minutes, and then a police officer pulls up out in front, <laughs> in front of the house. And he gets out of the car, and he What's going on? Uh, <laughs> and I said, oh, I think that was the alarm. Did you? Yeah, we got a call. The thing oh, rang. Oh, you set up a silent And then he goes, Gary Sneeze. <laughs> Wait, hey, I, I'm a veteran. And blah, blah, you know, <laughs> oh, all this stuff. So cool. We ended up talking. and now get the I'm alarm gonna, off, though. I'm going to send some food over the department. And, oh, that's and good. Whatever, <laughs> that's, so great. You know? that's nice. And you're a Nashville. Nashville. We call them Nashville. I like Nashville better. It rolls off the tongue. But. What made you come here? <laughs> Family. Well, Family. I've, I've been well, we'll in California a long time. <laughs> yeah. Been in, in 35 years in California. Had great success there. It all, all, all went good. Got my foundation started there. It's uh, very expensive there. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a full-time foundation that's raising a lot of money to help the troops. And I have to be very, very uh, protective of those funds. 
and I wanted to move the foundation. One of the reasons I wanted to move the foundation here is uh, no state taxes. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just think we can be better stewards of the people's money uh, in, a, in a state that's uh, more cost effective for us and, and all of that. So were you, and California is not going to get cheaper as time no, goes on. No. So I'm looking at a long time future for the foundation. I think this will be a just a terrific place for the foundation and for the family. It was a family decision first. You know, I. It's a great place yeah. for these kids here. I said to my daughter, who's got three little babies, you know, I'm thinking of maybe leaving California. What would you think about that? Uh, and I'm thinking of maybe someplace like Nashville, and. Uh, that night, she sent me like six houses <laughs> to look at <laughs> online, and she was like, she was it's off the races city. at that point. So it was, it was golden. And yeah. then I started started working it. Hey, when the kids and grandkids will come along, you do it, right? You go where you got to go. Yeah, we we wouldn't have left, you know, if yeah. she didn't want to do that. But she did, and her husband works for my foundation. So oh, there you go. I wanted to, I wanted to move everything here, and I told my board, and they were all. All for it. So, are you is is um is your main focus now going to be the foundation and Lieutenant Danban, or are you still directing, acting, wanting to do theater? The band is a program of the foundation, so I don't I don't play for any other reason than the mission of about lifting how often people up. Do you play then? Well, pre-pandemic, we were playing about 35, 40 shows a year. Now we're now we're down. We're yeah. limiting it. I can't travel as much mm -hmm. as as I. I was before, so we we pick and choose. We just did Fort Campbell on the on the Fourth of July big show there, and some other shows uh, in July at different military bases. So when I play, it's for the mission. I don't make any money doing it. It's all about uh, lifting people up. Do you play covers, or do you have your own yeah, original? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. a, it's a it's a variety show. Okay, there's so, a lot of we have I'm thirteen. So men, you know, it's me plus twelve. So oh wow, horn section, violin. Well, now you got to play the Grand Old Opry. Gotta get up there on that stage, play a Saturday night. They've dazzled that in front of me. Oh, you gotta actually, do it. If you actually, do it, I wanna be there. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I'll, they dangled I'll be the there. Aubrey carrot? You have to. Oh, you did, have to yeah. do it. You have to. Have you been there? But I but I said I said I would I would get back to them as soon as I figure out how I'm gonna finally move here myself. All right. Family's All right. here, but I'm still in California. Well, make so. sure we're invited. I wanna come see yes, you play at the Aubrey. I, I will. No. We'll that, be in the front row. Oh my we'll gosh. That'd be a lot of fun. Flags waving. <laughs> Talk about confetti. Um, one thing we do is we ask our guests um, to tell us how many unread emails they have in their phone. <laughs> do you know? Where's your phone, Gary? My phone is turned off. Oh man! I love. All this right, question. we'll wait. No. <laughs> do you want to know all of we them? We want to. No, no, no. We don't want to. We don't want to know what they are. We just want to know what the number is how of many unread. Are you her people or my people? Um, <laughs> We're going to judge you right now. I'm going to say he's probably Team Melissa. Mm -hmm. What's that? That, that means organized. That you're organized, that you don't have very many unread emails. <laughs> you like to you keep know, things neat and um, What I was doing on the porch this morning um, before the police showed up was... <laughs> clearing out your inbox? Was clearing out my See? inbox. See? So he I'm, is my people. I well, might not... I, I guess. Too, I want to say but... like 25. Oh, no. Oh, there's more than I thought. <laughs> well, you've uh, been in here for a while. Wow. <laughs> We've kept you. I better get back to these people. <laughs> Oh, dear. But, like, no more than, yeah. like, 50? What are we saying? I'd say 25. Oh, my gosh. See? Oh, he's team yeah, for sure. I like I it. am currently at 7,103. Oh, Lord. You don't well, read your email, then? I do. I read the important I'm at 72. I ignore all the others. 
But w- is it junk or what? Yeah, it's mostly. Yeah, she does a lot of online shopping, so we got to clear that out. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of yes, online does shopping. Every woman. I know a lot of people. I just Why put mine through different emails. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have seventy-two. <laughs> I'm a little. I got, I'm a little behind. Sometimes I'll go out on. I'll know that there's a, a, a certain number I don't even want to read. So yeah, <laughs> see, I don't even. I just don't. She doesn't clear them. That's out. her problem. You got to clear. That's the organization part. Clearing out the ones you don't want. Nobody got time for that. Anyway. Well, we have one more little thing. Oh, Amanda's going to ask you some this or that's just literally these are just fun things. Dear, and then we keep going. <laughs> Superman or Batman? Oh, Superman. Chess or Scrabble? What? Chess or Scrabble? Probably scramble. (laughs) (laughs) Sand or snow? Uh, Sand, yeah. All right, this is a controversial one. Twizzlers or red vines? You're from... You're from... Twizzlers. Yes! (laughs) You're more East Coast. I like it. I don't know. (laughs) Facial hair or clean shaven? I'm judging by the current state of things. Yeah. How does your wife like it? Clean shaven? Yeah, shave the grandkids. You know, I I do it for the grandkids. Oh yeah, they're like yeah. Oh yeah, the prickly face. <laughs> yeah, don't you, Papa? Don't do that. <laughs> uh, TV shows or movies? <laughs> well, probably uh, I I probably see more Seinfeld episodes than any any feature films now. Which one do you prefer? If you had three hours, M- you'd rather go to the movies. Yeah, yeah. Movies. All right. Nirvana or Foo Fighters, or just whatever type of music you like in general, or whatever. You know, I like. Uh, I've played in jazz bands. I've played in rock bands. You know, I've, I've played pop, rock, blues, country, Motown, soul, swing. You know, wow. I love Favorite it. I rock love band. it all. Favorite rock band, uh, probably Zeppelin. Oh, okay. I support this. Well, you didn't ask him about mascara or lipstick. Well, I'm, judging by his face, <laughs> I'm going to go with neither. What about <laughs> your wife? Would you prefer her wear mascara or lipstick? He's uh, <laughs> like, which you've one? You've never is thought about this that. before, have you? We're going to get him in trouble. Yeah, I better. My wife looks beautiful, beautiful. just the way she looks. First thing in the morning. We need Love it. it. Doesn't need it. Gary, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I really, fun. really, really appreciate so you being here. Fun. It was so lovely for you to thank drop you by, and I'm and I'm so glad you're here in town. And now we can see you at the Opry. Thank you, and you'll come over to the office. Uh, yeah, we'd love when to. I get back. I would at love some to. Point, I'll have you come. Yes, over and, and your big you. gala coming up. Congratulations on that. And did I did you get a the huge info success. on that? I did. Okay. I did. But Everybody, make sure you support the Gary Sinise yes, Foundation and all that they're doing. Where can they find that? Is there GarySiniseFoundation.org, and I highly recommend going to the YouTube channel on there because there's dozens of videos that show our programs in action and show and what we're so doing all over the place, and you get to meet the people that we're helping, and they deserve it. Great. They deserve our support. Well, we'll do that. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining us here at What Women Binge. Can you do us a favor and give us an Apple podcast review? It helps a lot. Yeah, and while you're at it, you can follow What Women Binge on Instagram. And follow me on Instagram at Amanda WWB. If you like listening to the podcast, you would love seeing it. So you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Melissa Joan Artificial for full episodes, bonus content, and so much more. What Women Binge is produced by Laughagram Studios. Our wonderful theme song was written and produced by my cute husband, Mark Wilkerson. Video production by Matt Giesler and Jay Hawley. Audio by Matt Lott. Production assistant, Jen Best. And she is the best.
What Women Binge is distributed by Podcast Heat. For more information, visit podcastheat.com. Do you have a question or a comment or a topic you want to suggest for the show? Well, we are listening. Email us at wwbquestions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.